and welcome to Tasting Room Radio, year 15, started in a studio in a barn on the Aramata bench. We now find ourselves in Mill Bay on Vancouver Island, surrounded by the Cowichan wineries. Any opportunity I get to talk to winemakers, the people who actually make the wines, is a good day for me. And when I saw this invite come in from Lindsay Kelm, it was the opportunity to taste and talk to two of the best winemakers in the Okanagan. The charming Jean-Marc Enixon, the winemaker at Culmina in the South Okanagan, and Sandy Lehrer, who I haven't talked to since 2010. And that's my first question. I'm going to figure, try to figure out where that last place was. Sandy Lear is the winemaker at Laughingstock Vineyards on the Naramata bench. And we will spend this hour talking to both of them. We're going to be talking uh, about Kalmana's releases of Decora, Unicus, Dilemma, Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Hypothesis 2016, and a unreleased 2017 Hypothesis. And from Laughingstock, Sandy and I will be tasting Viognier Chardonnay Pinot Noir, the Syrah, it's a new release, and a released portfolio, 2019, and an unreleased portfolio, 2020. That's the plan. Let's see if we can get it all into an hour. Enjoy. Cheers. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Unsworth Vineyards in the Cowichan Valley. There's a new chef at the Unsworth Bistro. He's Dan Bain. Come and meet the chef and his culinary talents. And at the same time, you might want to shop for some bubble Charme de Lille and Charme de Lille Rosé is available in the tasting room. And if you're gifting over the next little while, consider picking up an Unsworth gift card that can be used at the restaurant, the tasting room, and the wine shop. They're convenient, and best of all, they're reloadable. You can find all the details at unsworthvineyards.com. I have a question of Sandy Lear that has nothing to do with wine. Well, it does, sort of. Sandy Lure is the um, the winemaker at Laughingstock. You said so as you walked in. You said it's been quite a while. The problem was I can't remember for the life of me where we where we had our last conversation. Where were you? It was 2010, maybe 2011, I think, when we ran into each other at the Capri. You were doing a show there, and I was fairly new, um, working under Howard Soon on the Kelowna Artist Series. So. I had a quick chat with you about our sovereign opal that we were making at the time, and that's the last time I think I really chatted with you. Tell me what the road traveled between 2010 and 2022. So in 2010, that was my first year working on VQA wines for British Columbia. I was the Kelowna Artist Series winemaker um, under Howard Soon, so I did probably three vintages under that brand and then took a promotion to the Wayne Gretzky brand after that. So I did um, group Wayne Gretzky, I did for another few years, worked with Howard and developed in all areas of winemaking, did a lot of the uh, microbiology courses. And you stuff. went to Howard U. Howard U, yes. <laughs> he loved to mentor. And, uh, yeah, and then when Howard soon retired, I took over the Sandhill brand. That was 2017 when he retired. And going forward, I took that brand on and then eventually in 2019 took um, Great Monk Winery. as So I was overseeing Great Monk as well as wow. Sandhill and the Kelowna brands as well. So Wayne Gretzky was sort of in my wheelhouse um, with a team of winemakers as well so lots of different roles that I went through and in the end doing a lot more sort of team management and winemaker development within the team as well so lots of 
different projects going on. So now people listening to that might say, well, that's crazy. Why are you doing Why that's just That's just mind-boggling. But for each step that you take, that's a learning process for you. You are a better winemaker because of what you learn or what you what you see, what you feel. Yes, that's very true. And I think this, so this next stage in my career, I've gone to Laughingstock Winery and it's obviously much smaller, um, but I'm very, very excited. What drew me to it is um, sort of working on these really small batch, beautiful, different vineyards that we get to work with. We've got experimental sort of processes in the winery that um, a lot of, you know, David and Cynthia ends when they built this winery. They brought in the amphora to do some really natural winemaking, which I haven't had a lot of a chance to, to work with yet. So that's something that really drew me there. Um, the concrete eggs, um, lots of unique little small batch wines that we get to work on at Laughingstock. So another sort of a new chapter that I'm excited for. Sandy Lure is the um, the winemaker at Laughingstock. Going to a winery that's just been built, you get to put your stamp on it. Going to a wineries that have the stamp of Howard Soon and Cynthia and David Enns and, and whatever, you have to adjust you can see what they were trying to do, but you know what what you want to do. How long did it, I mean, you, you signed on in July. How long did it take you to find your way to, that you knew what you wanted to do? Other than maintain what they had handed you, what else did you want to do with those, with those wines? I respect Cynthia and David's wines very much, and I'm so I'm excited to just take what they've done and keep building on that. Um, but we're also going to do some new wines this year, which... Um, something I've been working on. We're going to do a Bordeaux white blend this year, which is sort of the blind trust white. We've we've had the blind trust red, so now we're going to build this other wine. So it'll be a Bordeaux white blend, which I'm very, very excited for. What's in that blend? Uh, it's a Sauve Blanc Semillon blend. So we are doing, it's about 50% in um, French oak, neutral French oak, and then we've got the other 50% in stainless steel right now, which is also new for laughing stock everything's traditionally done either in oak or concrete um as far as the whites go anyways so the other new thing that we're doing this year is this is a bit of a trial but it's turned out really beautifully is a chenin blanc in the amphora yes yeah so i'm very very stoked about that one that's going to be wine club exclusive but um so far it's a wild fermentation and just really natural inside the the amphora and it's looking beautiful so far Sandy Lure is the um, the winemaker at Laughingstock. Since I've walked through the front door, I've heard the term wine club mentioned perhaps a dozen times. This is a seriously wine club driven winery. Very much, yes. But that's cool because they know what they, what they want. They know they they look forward to it. Yeah, I love that about this winery because I think it's people that have had an, a really long following. They, you know, they respect the qual- the quality of the wines as well as sort of the different. Um, techniques and and the history behind these wines as well. Sandy Lure, who's the winemaker at Laughingstock. Now, I have I have this list in front of me. When I saw this, when this came out of the printer, I thought, no, that's not possible. Uh, the Viognier, the, uh, the 2021 Viognier, 2020 Chardonnay, 2020 Pinot, uh, 2019 Syrah, new release, 2019 Portfolio, new release, 2020 Portfolio, unreleased. One, two, three, four, five, six wines. And there's more. There could be more. The Syrah's been pre-poured, but let's work our way to it, if you if you can, okay? Let's talk about the Viognier. The Viognier is a... So it's 
100% from our Perfect Hedge Vineyard, which is one of the original vineyards from uh, Laughing Stock down in Soyuz. And it is, um, we've, it's been fermented about 50% in oak, French oak barrels, neutral, and then the rest is in concrete eggs. Um, it's a very textural wine. It's really beautiful. It's actually one of my favorite wines in this portfolio. And uh, sort of, it's quite aromatic, um, but dry and, and just textural. It's beautiful. Um, traditionally, the Viognier uh, from Laughingstock has got a nice uh, sort of citrus orange note to it um, and, um, and texture. Does it have that texture? Texture, yes, texture. And I think, so going through the 2022 vintage, just uh, it's finished fermentation now, but seeing the texture that you get from the concrete egg fermentation yeah. is just amazing. And blending that in with some of the, the oak fermented portion is, you know, it just it gives it a lot of depth and also texture. Still, still whole cluster? Uh, no, it, it was whole cluster, yes. Hand-picked and whole cluster pressed, yeah. Um, concrete surly. Oh, six months surly. Six months surly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, so Viognier. See, Viognier fans. There's some people walk right by Viognier and never even give it a thought because mm-hmm. if they can't say the name or they've never had any, but a gr- well-made Viognier can change your life. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's one of my favorites because it's just got that. You know, it's got the aromatics, but it's also got such an oily type texture to it which is so different from the other varieties that we make you needed heat for your viognier didn't you yes yeah so this vineyard is down right near the border in a soyuz oh there's a lot of heat units there um it's typically picked quite late so i think this year we even picked it it was mid-october by the time we picked it did they supply you with price points I have, uh, in my mind, I have most of the price points, and I know... What's the Viognier? Viognier is about twenty seven ninety nine. Well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, now, uh, the 2020 Chardonnay. Are you a Chardonnay hound? I like Chardonnay, yes, and... Uh, well, that, that's not a ringing endorsement there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a fan of Chardonnay. I think um, it's sort of something that the winemakers can really influence the style, and I think the... Um, this laughing stock chardonnay it's got quite a bit of volume to it it's a nice um food wine for sure um beautiful with the you know a lot of sort of french oak influence without overpowering and dominating the fruit that's in there if i remember correctly um a pe- a pe- tropical notes uh a pear uh again the finish finish is gorgeous yeah a creamy finish it's really um to me, like the the fruit, where we where we grow it, it's mostly grown down in. Um, we've got some in Okay Falls and some in um, Oliver, and it's quite, you know, it, we hang it quite a while, but it gets this beautiful like pineapple and melon flavor to it that we don't get typically in the north. A mix of barrel and egg. Yes, and about ten percent egg. And how much uh, new French? Uh, this vintage, so we just we're talking about the 2020. I think that one was about 25% new oak. Okay, so we don't get crazy on the oak. No, no. it's not too too much. It's um, I what I've seen from the past vintages, it varies between 25 and 30% typically. So let's see if we can get one more in here, and it's a doozy. The 2020 Pinot Noir. 
2020 Pinot Noir. This one is very impressive to me. I tasted it um, multiple times already, and it's just got so much. It's not your typical light Pinot Noir. It's got quite a bit of depth and color. And Did you go to the celebration, the, the Pinot Noir celebration, or any of the, the ones that happened in the Okanagan? No, I didn't. No. Here's, a, here's the thing. I went to the three of them, and that is... There, there were 25 in the first year, 28, the second, and 35. And every one of them was pouring a different version of a Pinot. One beside the other, they were neighbors. <laughs> but everybody had a different idea, a different development of what a Pinot should be. Mm-hmm. Yours is heavier than others. Yes, I would say so. It's got, um, it's dark, definitely darker in color. It's got a little more guts to it than most of the Pinot Noirs in the area and it's also just the fruit character to it is a little bit riper and um, it's an interesting Pinot Noir for sure. Does that make it a great food Pinot? I would say so. I think it's a great food Pinot, yes. Uh, I won't ask you to pair on on the go. Um, You can sell her that one. Yes, that one would be, I would say five to seven years for sure. And what else did I make? I mean, it was, uh, uh, oh, lemon on the palate, yeah. Um, uh, okay, fine. I can't even read my own writing, but th- that's good. So um, so that takes us to the 2021 Viognier, 2020 Chardonnay, and the 2020 Pinot Noir with Sandy Lerner, who is the winemaker at Laughing Stock. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Syrah, which we poured. It's been breathing. We're going to talk about the 2019 portfolio, a new release, and the 2020 portfolio, a really new release, won't even come up for another year, but they're teasing us with it. We'll be right back. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Unsworth Vineyards in the Cowichan Valley. There's a new chef at the Unsworth Bistro. He's Dan Bain. Come and meet the chef and his culinary talents. And at the same time, you might want to shop for some bubble Charme de Lille and Charme de Lille Rosé is available in the tasting room. And if you're gifting over the next little while, consider picking up an Unsworth gift card that can be used at the restaurant, the tasting room, and the wine shop. They're convenient, and best of all, they're reloadable. You can find all the details at unsworthvineyards.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Moon Cursor in Asoyas. Here's their winter white wine pick. Yes, a winter white. The 2021 Rue Saint-Marsan, awarded 93 points by John Schreiner. A classic Rhone Valley combination of Rue Saint-Marsan, floral and citrus notes, a kiss of oak, spice, baked apple, toasty brioche notes in the mouth, a lovely white wine to sip on while curled up in a cozy couch with a blanket. The Marsan Roussin, now available for limited time in BC liquor stores in their Made in BC feature. You can find all the details at mooncursor.com. Welcome back. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. I'm absolutely delighted to be talking to Sandy Lure, who is the winemaker at Laughing Stock. Uh, this event is called Meet the Makers, and she's the makers and has a, a great team. Do you want to give, them, give us some shout-outs to the, the people who help? Yes, I would love to. So on the team here at Laughing Stock, we've got, well, myself. I came in as the winemaker just in July. Uh, the assistant winemaker is Caitlin Barrent, and I actually got the chance to work with her at Sandhill. She shadowed me and the team there over at Sandhill. We couldn't offer her a winemaker position at the time, so she decided to, you know, I'm going to take a risk. She went off and she did a couple harvests abroad. She went to New Zealand, she went to Australia, and she came back and she worked at um, Mission Hill for a little while. 
and now she's my assistant winemaker at Laughing Stock, which is great. Wonderful. Were, weren't you at one time training to be a lab rat? Didn't you take uh, chemistry at UBC uh, Kelowna? Yes, my my degree is chemistry from UBC in the Okanagan, and uh, I actually worked in the lab for a couple years after I graduated doing research um, on nutraceutical does, does it help you as a winemaker? Yes, I, I believe so. There's a lot of chemistry involved in making wine, a lot of biology, a lot it's of... not terribly romantic. <laughs> no, people think it's very romantic. Yeah, go chemistry, yeah. <laughs> have, me, have another glass of chemistry. Um, uh, let's, let's move on to the, uh, the Syrah, a new release of 2019. So the 2019 Syrah is, um, again, it's from the Perfect Hedge Vineyard down in Asoyuz. Hot. Yeah, very hot down there. Uh, but th- interestingly enough, it is actually what I saw this vintage. It was sort of a moderately ripening vineyard, um, although it's so south, which was really interesting to me. It light, it rape, ripened a little bit later than some of the other vineyards we were working with. and But the fruit intensity there is just mm. amazing. So I love this Syrah. I think it's, you know, Syrah to me is one of the, one of the grapes that grows the best where we are. And Laughingstock, I, I was actually at Laughingstock the week that the first Syrah came in, and they were just agog with what they had in the bottle. They were just crazy for this Syrah. So excited about it. I love this. I mean, when the grapes came in this year as well, we were just, you know, in love with it. We were <laughs> tasting the grapes as we were going. We couldn't stop tasting it, and yeah. And, and the style, for those of you wine fans who, who know such things, uh, Cote Roti. It's a it's a it's a different style, but perhaps you can describe it. This is co-fermented with about four percent Viognier, and it is something that I think that traditionally David and Cynthia have been doing right from the beginning. And so it is Viognier that grows right at the Perfect Hedge Vineyard as well. So a l- we leave just a little bit on the vines to pick as the Syrahs come in. So obviously it's very ripe, um, but it gets co-fermented together the viognier there's compounds in there that help stabilize the color in the syrah so you get this beautiful deep intense color in the syrah and And the oak program what about the oak program uh yes so this is in 100 percent french oak for about 20 months and um we run it through a full malolactic fermentation as well in the oak so um the viognier is as i've always felt was is for nose for aroma Mm -hmm. It also has an effect on the on the Syrah itself. Mm-hmm. That's the chemistry behind it. <laughs> so it, it actually has an effect with the pigmentation in the wine. So it helps stabilize that, and it does affect the aromas though as well. So um, does it round it out? I believe so. Yeah, yeah it, it's such a silky texture to this wine, and. I believe, yeah, the Viognier is part of that, too. So sometimes it's the pepper that comes at me. Anyway, that's the first thing that I notice. But in this, I'm I'm noticing the Viognier and not so much the pepper. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, it's very, it's got a hint of sort of a floral aroma, but the fruit is also more sort of a blue to me, a little bit more blue and black. How much did you make? How many cases? And can we get our hands on it? Oh, cases, I think think i mean enough roughly 500 cases okay fine i would say (laughs) yeah so i I think it's enough well what will celery do for it 
So it's already got really nice plush tannins, yeah. and part of that is also because we ferment. It's 100% whole berry, so we're not crushing the grapes at all. There's a lot of these little micro-fermentations going on inside the berries. gives it a lot of fruit intensity, but also the tannins are just so supple. Cellaring, I don't think it's going to change the tannin profile too much, but I think you're just going to get more complexity in the, in the aromatic profile. Here's my tasting note. It just dawned on me. I'm getting dried cranberries in that. Am I crazy? Yeah, no, you're not crazy. I, I would be persuaded to smell that and taste that as well. <laughs> but I'm getting hung up on the Syrah. Do we know the price point on the Syrah? Thirty nine ninety nine. Thirty nine ninety nine. Five hundred cases, friends. I'm telling you now. If we stop long enough and just talk about it, if we stop at Syrah, you found your 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 wine. But we we can't because we're going to move on to the uh, Laughing Stock 2019. Uh, portfolio a new release Mm -hmm. yes this one was just released Um, so this is their laughingstock flagship it's a bordeaux blend um, and typically it's been um, sort of a right bank style so from what i've seen from the previous vintages between 45 to 50 percent merlot um, roughly 20 20 to 30 percent cab sauve and then about 20 ish percent cab franc and there's always a little tiny bit of malbec and petit verdot so about one percent one to two percent petit verdot and a few percent malbec as well so cassis yeah definitely cassis yeah it's a nice blend it's got a lot of good structure to it a lot of this one also is done in the whole berry fermentation, so you're getting a lot of really nice um, fruit intensity. And a finish that goes to midnight. Yes. Long. <laughs> lots of, lots of, it's a full body wine with a, a beautiful long finish. Um, is this one of those icon wines that you can sell her for 10, 12 years? Yes, definitely. 10 years for sure. And it's won a lot of awards over the the vintages that have been produced. And I, I'm lucky enough that I just got to make the 20th vintage of the portfolio. It was a crazy growing year. The fall, just when you needed heat, I think if I remember correctly, it was like cold and wet and icky. In 2019? Yes. I I'm vaguely remember, I think it was a little bit cooler and wetter in the spring, but a nice summer I mean, Syrah needs heat. All these wines need heat. Yes, they do. They all need heat. These, And I think that the sites that we're growing these grapes on are ideal. It's ideal conditions, and you almost can't go wrong in any year. Like even this year, right, we had a really, really late start to the summer. It was cold. It was wet. and But we had such a long fall that was like a, a really warm fall. So that's a 2019 portfolio uh, price point? $52.99. And lots of it? Not a lot of it. Okay, fine. Never mind. How about the 2020 portfolio, unreleased? 2020 portfolio is going to be, it's about a year off still. And uh, this one is going to be, done. it's slightly different from the 2019, but we've always tried to keep these wines, the portfolio, fairly consistent in the blend ratios. And it's something that, you know, they're looking at, they're calling it the portfolio because these percentages aren't going up or down too much within the blend. But we've got, um, again, it's a more Merlot dominant with Cab Sauve, Cab Franc and Petit Verdot and Malbec as well. Tell me about the, for both of them, the Oak program, uh, where, where's, where's your go, no-go line in terms of uh, new Oak? In terms of new Oak, so it's traditionally about 40% new Oak in this blend, and um, 
this year it will be approximately the same. We've got it's 100% French oak, and we use so say 40% new, and the rest is mostly all second use. So it's got um, yeah, it's not overpowering because this fruit is so rich and ripe, but it's um, it's a nice enhancement to the palate. And here's the deal. You're, you're working on a, an iconic wine. Mm-hmm. It's been awarded all sorts of awards. Tell me about the conversation you have about, do you want to hit a spot that you, or you know that we will like that because it's a portfolio? Is there room for ad-libbing between start to finish? In other words, can you express yourself in the wine as, as, as much as you can? I think it's a fine line. I don't want to change something that's been a a, you know a flagship for this winery for so long and it's kind of put them on the map and so I want to continue to make something that these you know loyal followers have always come back for and I you know yeah I'm, I'm trying to keep it quite consistent so okay Sandy you you talked about the, the growing year how, how do you encapsulate in 30 seconds this growing year that we just went through the finish was unbelievable this year was amazing we had you know i think most winemakers in the okanagan were fearful that we were going to have an early frost if they didn't get sun they were going to be in trouble it would have been a nightmare and and obviously very devastating for a lot of viticulturists and and winemakers and business owners it was a we were just blessed with this amazing fall that just kept going it was like a late summer basically that just kept going and going and we didn't get frost until i believe it was it was right at the beginning of november which you know i've seen frosts in early october before so this was a blessing and um everything you know looking at the reds that we made this year it's they're very very nice they've had this I guess, a chance to really develop a lot more phenolic maturity and, than we even thought they would in this type of a year with such a late start. So, very lucky. I'd like to hang around in this business long enough. I love the fact that you hooked up with Laughingstock and they like you. But someday you're going to make your own wine. Yeah, one with day. You. Yeah, I would love to. It's, it's a dream, but it's... Uh, you know, I'm I'm very content with Laughing Stock right now. I'm excited for this brand. I think that yeah. we've got an amazing array of different varieties to work with, and definitely a little bit of freedom to be artistic with the wines, with you know the Amphora and doing some different trials and small batch um, releases that will be coming down the pipeline in the next year. And that's quite exciting to me. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I know that they they want to go and uh, shake your hand and say hello and take photos with you. Um, well done. Thank you so much. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Moon Cursor in Asoyas. Here's their winter white wine pick. Yes, a winter white. The 2021 Roussan Marsan, awarded 93 points by John Schreiner. A classic Rhone Valley combination of Roussan and Marsan, floral and citrus notes, a kiss of oak, spice, baked apple, toasty brioche notes in the mouth, a lovely white wine to sip on while curled up in a cozy couch with a blanket. The Marsan Vusan, now available for limited time in BC liquor stores in their Made in BC feature. You can find all the details at mooncursor.com. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata bench. Here's some important information. The Tasting Room and Wine Shop are closed for the season. Wine sales are available Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And speaking of wine sales... On the website, check out the 2016 Mosaic, the 2019 Syrah and Pinot Noir, 
Oh, and take a look at the Merlots. And my favorite, the 2019 Founders Block, Gamay Noir. The Bistro is closed for the season and reopening spring of 2023. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. We're at the Pan Pacific Hotel, downtown Vancouver, looking down at my ride home at Harbor Air. Got to get on that 3.30. My guest is Jean-Marc Enixon, who is the winemaker at Colmena, and he is going to be pouring some Gruner, some Chardonnay, Malbec, Cab Sav, and the Bordeaux Blend Hypothesis. This is the uh, Meet the Makers celebration. It's at the Pan Pacific Hotel. It's pretty posh, my friend, pretty posh. Jean-Marc, let's talk about, if we're going to meet the makers, uh, let's talk about the growing year that you just went through. I'm hearing some harvest came up short. I'm hearing lots of uh, talk about how that long uh, fall gave us a, a sensational year. How was it? It was another funny year. Since I arrived in the Okanagan, it, any year was the same. So I arrived in 2016, another fun year. So we start late. It was cold. The spring was pretty cold. So we get uh, the bud break very late after all the bloom was not terrible because of the rain. So we start to see um, the bunch was, were not very even. So you get like berries ripe and another berry on the same bunch totally unripe. But the yield was not too high. So that was very good. And at the end, uh, yeah, mid-September, it started to be pretty hot for the, for the time. The fall was amazing. That saved us. But of course, we just get like three ton an acres, maximum four on the white. So it's not crazy amount of grapes. So everything ripe properly. I just didn't pick the Petit Verdot this year. Yeah. I make rosé with it. <laughs> but all my caps off went, uh, we finished to harvest in the snow, November 7. So, yeah, picking in the snow, it's kind of part, a funny part of Canada, wine growing. What attracted you to, because you've done old world winemaking, what attracted you to coming to the Okanagan and making new world wine? So it's, it's not attracting me. In fact, it's more my wife. Uh, <laughs> we say before my 40 years old, I want to see another country. So I have no choice. I need to move uh-huh. from France. Uh, to make her happy, because happy wife, happy life. Um, so I find a position at, uh, in Canada, at Osios La Rose. But right away, in fact, I talk with Don Tricks, and he showed me his interesting project, kind of crazy project. Uh, so I start at Culmina just before the harvest uh, 2016, and he showed me his garden, because I will call that or Formula One. I don't know if you want to call it... Uh, because it's like 44 blocks and 56 acres. It's 108 valve of irrigation. It's a nightmare to manage. It's a lot of stress. It's just always running everywhere. Uh, but uh, at the end, you get what you work. Yeah. You know, you, the work that you put in it, this vineyard, give it you back. Uh, so that's very exciting. Another stuff is like the different ben- bench that we have. Yeah with uh, margarets 200 meters higher in altitude in the mountain, uh, with the Riesling, Gruner, Vettliner, Chardonnay, uh, way more fresh air, uh, lowest temperature, so nice, nice acidity, so um, you can feel it in the wine after. The white are pretty well balanced. On the bottom, where it's more hot, we have the red and the capsov, close to the, where you have uh, more uh, sun, 
because of course he put the Merlot where you have more shadow and the Cabernet Sauvignon we need more sun it's crazy that to think about that uh, where we, we, we can have more sun in this vineyard and you have stand bench in the middle with Viognier with Malbec with Petit Verdot a little bit of shard it's very interesting as well it's Station Room Radio Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena it's meat the maker uh, Jean-Marc, you uh, uh, b- began your training uh, seriously for, uh, to be a winemaker in Toulouse. You went to Sonoma, you went to China, you went, went back to France. What kind of changes did you have to make in your winemaking style in order to uh, adjust to Calmina and, and what the terroir was giving you? So we keep the same base, uh, basic stuff, let's go to say that. So we work, first thing is working clean. Yeah. Well, good grapes, good wine. Uh, don't be crazy, don't try something crazy, just try to do it clean uh, avoid any uh, VA or whatever um, and after try to understand how the grapes are working, like for the red uh, we have more, way more sugar than I was used to so I'm going to have way more alcohol uh, the growing season is way more shorter but way more hot so it's like okay what I'm going to do what is crazy amount of bricks in the wine what I, is it going to ferment oh let's go to try white ferment I try that as well it's working pretty well but I learn now of course so it was learning again keeping my basic stuff that I know okay uh, and learning everything again like growing the grape it's exactly the same in France we don't use too much irrigation uh, it's not like for over 40 degrees during the summer it's not snowing it's not minus 20 it's not growing grape in Canada it's challenge <laughs> and making wine is a challenge as well it's like my stress level during the year compared to France is way more higher but uh, at the end it's so funny yes. it's so funny because this year as well we can have some ripe Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. So here's the thing, Jim, because um, you have brought today to this uh, Meet the Makers uh, extravaganza from Colmena Family Estate Winery, the Decora, the Unicus, the Dilemma, the Malbec, Cab Salve, the Hypothesis 2016, and the 2017 Hypothesis yet to be released. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven wines we have to get through. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. 2019 Decora. It's a Riesling. From Margaret Bench, it's a uh, dry, dry style of the Riesling, uh, so it's pretty straightforward. I don't like to have sugar in the wine, very old French style. Old man in a kind of young, still young body, not too much anyway. But um, So it's nice minerality, nice acidity, very straightforward, easy peasy. Do you know the price point? 20 bucks? 22 bucks? <laughs> That's my favorite question. It's Tasty Room Radio. It's Meet the Maker. Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. The uh, 2021 Unicus. Alors, Gruner Wettliner. Uh, so it's a funny one. It's a grape that I have no idea that one day I'm going to make Gruner Wettliner in my life. Yes. Uh, so I arrive at Culmina and Don Trix told me, okay, you are going to do that. Let's go to do that. And let's go to do a Gruner Wettliner. And I say, what? Gruner <laughs> uh, Wettliner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Um, so it's a funny varietal. Um, ni- nice sugar level. So it's kind of always around 14 degrees. Uh, but the aromatic and the, the body is very interesting. The aromatic is very grapefruit. Anyway, during, as soon as the fermentation starts in the cellar, you know it's a Gruner Wettliner because it's very grapefruit. 
uh, nice balance with acidity. Yes. And uh, what I like, it's it's kind of full body wine. Uh, so we edge, uh, we ferment, we do the fermentation in a concrete egg or concre- and concrete amphora. And there is also in a neutral oak a white ferment. And sometimes I do a little bit of skin contact on this wine. And after I mix everything, and usually it's work. Was it the first gruner in the Okanagan? It was, yeah. It was the Don one. Triggs, yeah. Don Triggs. Yeah. yeah, he planted this one in 2011. Uh, I know it's got a beautiful long finish, little stone fruit uh, on the nose and, and actually uh, on the palate as well. It, it's a gorgeous gruner. There's, lot, there's now gruner being grown up and down the valley, yes? Yeah. yeah. You have the pixelar. Uh, which uh, summary, I think, uh, and a uh, few other. What's the price point on that Gruner? Uh, $30. How many cases did you make? 600 700 Wow, well done. Yeah. Usually it's like 75 or 100 or 112 uh, Well done. Unicus is what it's called. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. We're at the Pan Pacific Hotel, downtown Vancouver. My guest is Jean-Marc Enixon who is a winemaker at Colmena, and he is going to be pouring some Gruner, some Chardonnay, Malbec, Cab Sav, and the Bordeaux Blend Hypothesis. The uh, 2018 Dilemma Shard. Oh, one of my favorite Shard. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of Shard, because the Californian style. Yeah. Uh, because I don't like heavy oaky Shard. I like elegance, balanced wine, yeah. and oak without feeling the oak. So same thing is coming from Margaret. Uh, what I like in the eating is the balance, yeah. body and acidity, yeah. and the oak balance as well. Uh, we use f- uh, French uh, new oak, like 30, 40%, yeah. but the toast is so light that you don't feel it because a good aging is oak. At the end, is you don't feel the oak. And your key word there is balance. You want balance. You acknowledge the oak, but don't let it control the, the, the wine. Yeah, no, yeah, that's the goal. At the end, the wine is coming from grape. You must feel the grape. Yeah. That's my goal. We need oak to edge the wine, of course, but it's always, it, I always try to find a nice balance. Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. We are talking with Jean-Marc about the uh, 2019 Decora, the 2021 uh, Unicus, and the 2018 uh, Dilemma Chardonnay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to run through the Malbec, the Cab, and the Hypothesis. This is uh, Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. It's an event downtown where everybody's playing Christmas carols in the middle of November. Um, and uh, we're speaking with Jean-Marc Enison, the winemaker at Colmena, Tasting Room Radio. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. Here's some important information. The Tasting Room and Wine Shop are closed for the season. Wine sales are available Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And speaking of wine sales, on the website, check out the 2016 Mosaic, the 2019 Syrah and Pinot Noir. Oh, and take a look at the Merlots. And my favorite, the 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The Bistro is closed for the season and reopening spring of 2023. All the details can be found at hillsidewinery.ca. It's Tasty Room Radio. Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. It's Meet the Maker. And we're talking about Hypothesis, Cabernet Sauvignon, the Malbec. And that's coming. We've already done the, the white, so well, let's do the reds. How about you and Malbec? Uh, interesting grape. So uh, I'm... I manage my own winery in Fronsac during close to 10 years. So Fronsac is right bank of Bordeaux. So it's Merlot, Merlot. Mm-hmm. And my dad grows some Malbec here. So Malbec 
the issue if you don't control this grape, you have like 10 tons and acres. It's just good to make kind of good rosé. So it uh, it's, uh, asks you to do a lot of work in the vineyard. So you need to control the yield because it's huge bench, huge berry, like, <laughs> like that. So, yeah, the first time I dropped the fruit at uh, Culmina, Don Tricks called me and he said, what are you doing, Jean-Marc? You are going to lose all my money. And I said, no, no way is done because I left like seven bunch per vine. And he said, no, it's impossible. I bet you it's going to be four tons or three and a half tons per acres. He said, okay. <laughs> and at the end, it was four tons an acre. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the deal with Malbec. You need to control, to control the yield because it could be totally crazy. But as soon as you control the yield, it's going to give you a beautiful color, a beautiful purple color. As soon as you put the grape in the tank, it's already black. Ah. Right away. You don't need to be like crazy pump over on it. It's very nice extraction uh, to get the nice tannin. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's making rosé with Malbec when it's low yield. It's kind of, you need to be quick. It is a single varietal. Well done. Yep. And it's uh, from the Arise bench? It's from uh, Arise and Stan. Oh, okay. Because we w need to know that. Those are the things we need to know these days. Yeah. The bench. The bench, yes. Uh, somebody actually, I was having, having a conversation with, uh, uh, with uh, Jack Meyer, and he's, he's actually naming the forests that the wood in the barrels is coming from. Yes. You, uh, when you... Um, you as the barrel maker, well, from France, I have a little bit more, I know a little bit more that, I you know my kind of my country. So you can choose if you come from Bertrange or Troncé and compare if, to see if it's work on your wine or not. This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. We're at the Pan Pacific Hotel, downtown Vancouver. My guest is Jean-Marc Enixon, who is the winemaker at Colmena. I'm ready to, to have you tell me, no, that's not true. But um, I, I got uh, the, the last Malbec I tried from uh, Colmena, really ripe plums, um, uh, berry notes, and everything you wanted from a Malbec. It, it's, it's one of those wines that you, it either hits the mark or it doesn't. This one hits the mark. Yeah, it's, it's a true Malbec. Yeah. And because anyway, it's low intervention in the cellar, because I'm a lazy winemaker. Uh, the goal is to get the grape at the end in the bottle, so what's, you what's get my back. What's the price point? Uh, 32. Okay. Um, Common to family estate winery. Um, let's move on to the uh, Cab Sav. Uh, and the, uh, it's a 2018. Yes, 2018 Cab Sav. So, yeah, we pick that again after the frost. Yeah. But I learned that it's good for the Cab Sav because that cook a little bit the tannin. Ah. So I learned that in Canada in 2017, so after I tried it again in 18. Uh, so it's the same thing uh, on the most sunny part of the rice bench where we get the m most uh, temperature level, uh, sunlight and everything. Uh, low yield, like three ton and acres max. Um, after end harvest, so in 18 after the frost. Uh, and uh, yeah, in tank, stainless tank. Uh, the goal is to get, of course, you are going to get tannin because it's caps off. So for the aging, we use a little bit more new oak, like 50% sometime, but you don't feel it just to age the tannin. Um, and same thing, toujours try to get the balance on the extraction to make as well as this wine need to be aged, of course. And at the end, it's just to give some to the people uh, a nice wine to share with friends. Is this as good, is, is it 2018 as good as it 17? Depending on your test. 
Uh, I got chocolate. I got um, currant in there. I love that. Uh, on the nose, I got black cherry and a, a little cassis. Uh, and I thought it was um, uh, nutmeg, but it's not. I think it's clove in the, or a little clove note. Yes, you, you get this kind of spicy as well. Uh, full body wine. Uh, so all, all red fruit, of course. What's the price point? Could be 40. Okay. It's Tasty Room Radio. Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. It's meat the maker. And now we come to the uh, hypothesis, the Bordeaux blend, or near Bordeaux blend. Um, is it a Bordeaux blend? Uh, 2016. Uh, well, let's go to say it's an Okanagan blend. It's Bordeaux, <laughs> maybe inspiration. Uh, but at one point, the Okanagan must be the Okanagan. Um, so it's a blend of uh, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. Merlot-driven? Capsov. Capsov. Yeah, it must be for both 16 and 17, his boss is like 40% Capsov, uh, 30% Merlot, and after uh, Cap Franc, 20%, and Malbec, and a touch of Petit Verdot. It's Tasty Room Radio. Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. How long have you been making this blend? Uh, me since 2016. And how long did it get it right for you? Did, did, was, it, was, was it immediate or did you have to find your way through it? Oh no, it's not immediate, no. Uh, another thing, it's Culmina, it's a young vineyard so, because it was planted in 2009. Yeah. So, you know, it's vine are like human. They need to grow. Sometimes they are nice at the beginning after they, it's a teenager, so they are like, no way! And after they start to be balanced, uh, so depending on the year, you need to change the blend to adjust it compared to the vine and the grape. And since I will say 1920, we can see that oh, maybe I reach a balance that I can work on it. You know, I don't need to image, uh, try to make an, uh, another wine every year. I can work on something that okay, it's balanced like I want. The body is there, everything is kind of integrated like I want. It's not three wine in one wine. So we work on that, yeah. This is Tasty Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. We're at the Pan Pacific Hotel, downtown Vancouver. My guest is Jean-Marc Enixon, who is the winemaker at Colmena. And how much do you love the, the art of blending? Depends on the day. Sometimes yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Sometimes <laughs> I love it. Sometimes, you know, wine is not nice with you. It's like someday you... It st- plays with you. Yeah. So what I do is really we start like... So we test. We make the, I make the grapes so I know kind of... I have kind of idea what's happened during the year before, during the growing season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we test everything. And after the malolactic fermentation, I can I start to have an idea about what could be interesting or not. Um, and one year after, I test everything again and start to make the blend. Uh, and I leave that for two months and I test it again two months after, and after I test it at the morning, evening, different time of the day, and also I ask my wife, people working at Cunumina, to test it because it's not one palette, I'm not the whatever, but... The 2016 hypothesis, uh, was that the one that won the, the bronze uh, decanter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty nice. Thank you. I bet your family was proud of you. I don't know. They're in France. <laughs> have you poured? Have you poured these wines for your family? Yes, yes. They come to visit us. Yeah, they're happy. What do they think? They like them. Yeah, but my first judge is my wife. Yeah, uh, 
So yeah, we're going to finish there. Yeah. Uh, so so that's a 2016 hypothesis. Uh, what's the price point? Uh, maybe forty-seven dollars. Okay. Now the 2017 uh, is yet to be released. That's a year away. Yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be released. I think very soon. Okay. Uh, maybe end of this month. Did the blend change? Pretty similar. Of course, it changed, but it's pretty similar. All right. So there you are. Decora, Unicus, uh, Dilemma, Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, hypothesis and the unreleased hypothesis that we're going to go try now. So I'm going to come full circle. It was your wife who had the influence on you uh, being here and working and getting to know you and, and getting to know the Okanagan. How she liked the, the journey now? Is she happy in the Okanagan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty happy. We have, since we arrived, we have two more kids. So now we are three. And she's making, uh, she has her little uh, own bakery. So she's making uh, sourdough bread. Do the kids like the school? Yeah. Are they happy there? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they are both speaking French and way better English than me. <laughs> thank you for doing this, and thank you for your work and for bringing your talents and your smarts to the Okanagan. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. It's Tasty Wine Radio. Jean-Marc Enixon is the winemaker at Colmena. It's meat the maker. 